Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast, where you'll find fresh messages uploaded weekly. Pathway Church is a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. We hope that what you hear today will help you to take one step closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us, and if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. Good morning, everyone. If you have not been with us, we are actually in the fourth and final week of a message series all about calling. And what we've been talking about is how God has uniquely created and wired each and every one of us to do something, but also to be someone. And so we've been talking about who God has called us to be. And and then last week and today we're talking about who God or sorry, what God is calling us to do. We began the series with a passage that I want to look at once more. And it's found in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 20. And Jesus appears at the sea and he calls out to Peter and Andrew and he says these words, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And what we noticed a number of weeks back is that the call of God is, is first and foremost a call to relationship. The call of God is first and foremost a call to relationship. That was in week one. Week two, we talked about how God is more concerned with who we are than what we do. That's our character, who we are, who we're becoming. Uh, last week, we talked about four ways uh, that God will call us. Let me just flip back to them. Um, I was using this little paper sheet. Four ways to discover God's call. And we talked about these four ways that God will lead us into the thing that he's called us to do, the place he wants us to be uh, by his voice. So we learn to listen uh, through our gifts and talents and resources through our appointments, okay, through the things that he has called us to do, the places, the opportunities we have, and through the affirmation of others. That means that as we're in community, uh, we discover God's call through others. Now, today as we wrap up the series, I want to talk about taking a step. So all this has been great. It's been theory. It's been hopefully helpful for you. Uh, but today we're going to talk about taking a step. Um, th- this week I was, I was at an event, and there was this big open room, and there was... Uh, a little little baby, maybe just 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 under one year old or so, and this this little this little boy was taking steps, and it obviously the boy had just learned to walk, and so you could just see him kind of that wobbly look, you know. They stand there and they're looking at their mom or their aunt or uncle, and they're just like, whoa, whoa, and they're kind of putting one foot in front of the other and taking those first steps. It's so exciting to see that, and I, I was thinking to myself how. For you and me, when we begin talking about what God has called us to do, who he's called us to be, the thing that each and every one of us has to do is take a step. There's something that we do, and this is how our journey of faith begins. It begins with a step towards Jesus. And our growing in our gifting is a step after a step after a step, and we continue uh, in those steps. When you see a little little child taking their first steps, you, you don't know what that child's going to do or be. Maybe there's a little engineer there. You know, maybe there's a little nurse, maybe there's, maybe there's a homemaker, maybe there's, uh, maybe there's a, a teacher. You've got all these, you don't know what the child will do with their life. You don't necessarily know what their calling is, but it all begins with a step. And for you and me, taking a step is so significant. So I wanted to talk about that uh, today. See, when we think about this idea of calling, what God, who God wants us to be and what he wants us to do, we often think about in this way, that it is like a, a point on a map, a destination, and what I have discovered is that it's actually, the call of God is not a place, not a point on a map, okay, but it's actually a direction, okay? It's a direction that we're moving in. And this is extremely important because we all want to know the place, the person, the job, the role, the fit, 
But actually, God is bringing us on a journey, and the journey, again, is uh, to follow him. So it's not a place, it's a, it's a process, okay? And so when we begin to understand that, uh, we recognize the significance of taking a step. Not just a step you took five years ago, but a step today and a step tomorrow and a step the day after that. When we see a little kid sort of toddling around, we don't know where they're going to end up. We don't know the destination. Maybe there's a little nurse. Maybe there's a teacher there. Uh, Maybe there's a construction worker, an engineer, an architect. We don't know, but we know that the process of them becoming who they will be and doing what they will do all begins with a step. And so too for you and I. Uh, we need to begin by taking a step in the direction that God is calling us to do. So last week, we talked about these four areas uh, that I've already mentioned, okay? Uh, Hearing the voice of God, using our gifts, uh, our assignment, the thing that God has placed us in and to do at this time, and the affirmation of others. And what we said last week as we closed the message was that as we progress and develop in each of these four areas, we actually begin to narrow the bullseye for where God would have us and what he would have us to do with our life. And this is the idea of calling. So what I said last week is that we were going to dive into these four areas in a little more detail. And so that's what we're going to do today. So the question that I want to begin with is this. How do I hear the voice of God? That's a, it's a great question. How do I hear? Okay, let's say this is me or you. You can appreciate my great drawings. Okay, there, there we are. Okay. And what's going to happen in our lifetime, there are going to be all kinds of voices coming at us from every different direction. Like, think about it. What are some of the voices that we hear in our lives and in our day-to-day lives? Well, uh, perhaps you hear the voices of your friends. Those, those are important voices. Perhaps the voice of your family. It doesn't matter if you're a kid or an adult. The voices of your family continue to influence you. Uh, maybe it's the voice of culture. Right? Culture has a voice. It's saying, hey, we think this is right. Hey, this is how you should live. So you've got the voice of culture. Then uh, you're going to have uh, all those internal voices, like your conscience has a voice. All right? your, um, your emotions certainly have a voice. And then, of course, amongst all these other voices and beyond, there is the voice of God. Okay? And so God is trying to, trying to speak, but there are all these voices coming at us, all these thoughts in our head, all of these things that we hear. On, uh, on the TV, uh, on our social media, in our relationships with other people. So we get all these voices. So how do you hear the voice of God? It's a great question. How do you distinguish God's voice from every other voice? And I think the first thing we have to do, okay, the first thing is to recognize. We have to learn to recognize the voice of God. So what does God's voice sound like as distinct from any other voice? Well, the first thing I would say about recognizing the voice of God is that that is something that is developed over time through relationship with him, okay? Uh, I've been married to my wife, Jessica, who was hosting earlier, and my wife, Jessica, and I have been married for uh, 21 years this September, and I can tell you, I can recognize her voice anywhere, and I can recognize her voice because I've heard her voice so many times, and I've spent so much time with her. Also, also... um, Because I've spent so much time with her, I actually know how she would respond to things. And I know her character, and I know her likes, and I know her dislikes. So so I've developed, uh, recognized her voice, and I've also developed a relationship, right? Relationship is huge. Write this down. That's important. Relationship is huge, okay, as it comes to distinguishing someone's voice. So if someone walked up to me today and said, hey, Nathan, I was just talking to Jessica, And she said she's looking forward to going golfing tomorrow with you. 
I would say, no, you got, that's not my Jessica, that's some other Jessica, because I know that's not what she likes. I would immediately know that's not, that was not her voice you heard. Now, if someone came up to me and said, I was just talking to Jessica, and she said she would love to go to Target. Now I know they have the right girl. Okay, she loves Target. I don't know why. I like the Starbucks in the entrance, but she loves Target. So, you know, it, it comes to the point where if somebody said, hey, do you think your wife would like this? No, I don't think so. Or yes, she would. That happens through relationship. And so if you want to be able to distinguish the voice of God, if you want to know what he's saying, you need some sort of filter through which to, to discern whether it's God's voice or another voice. Jesus said in John 10, verse 27, he said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Uh, we need to learn to recognize the voice of God amidst all the other voices in our lives. And here's the thing. If you want to know what he is saying, you need to know what he has said. The reason why I would know that Jessica wouldn't say that or would say that is because I know so much of what she has said. And so for you and me, the first thing that we need to do when we want to discern the voice of God is we have to know what he has said. And, and this book, the Bible, the scriptures are full. They, they, they tell us what God likes and dislikes. They tell us his character. They tell us what he has done, how he's um, spoken to others. And so we look at that and we begin to recognize. So as we're discerning the voice of God, we need two things. We need to know the scriptures. Write that down. Scriptures. And we need the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk more about that in just a second. So we've got the scriptures and we have the Holy Spirit. These are the two key ingredients for how we filter the voices that we're hearing. Okay? Uh, here's what David said in Psalm 119, verse 105. He says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. David said, it's by looking at this and reading this, meditating this, memorizing this, that it actually illuminates a light on my path and on my feet. It doesn't give me a five-year plan. It may not tell me who to marry or what career to pursue, but it'll tell me how to take the very next step. And that's our goal. Our goal is to take the next step, to take the right next step to end up exactly where God is leading us. And so we need the scriptures, but we also need the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, in John 14, verse 26, Jesus says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Now, if you're new to Christianity faith, you're like, Holy Spirit, well, that sounds creepy and weird. It really isn't, because the scriptures tell us that you and I are spirit beings, that we have a spirit, and that God is spirit. And so when Jesus went up to heaven, he actually said, I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send my spirit. I'm going to send the spirit of God to live inside of all those who follow me, who love me, and who seek me. And that spirit is actually going to do a whole bunch of things that we can't get into. But one of the things that the Holy Spirit is going to do is teach us. And sometimes people say, oh, the Holy Spirit will teach me everything. I'll just wake up in the morning and be like, Holy Spirit, what do you want from me today? I don't need to read the Bible. I don't need to go to church. You know, I don't need a pastor. I don't need community. I don't need all those things. All he needs is the Holy Spirit. But look what Jesus said. He said that the, he will send the Holy Spirit to teach you all things. And he said, to bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. In other words, Jesus says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who's going to remind you of what I've already said. And it's going to illuminate what I've already said. There's many people in the world that know Bible verses. And they have scriptural knowledge. But apart from the Holy Spirit bringing it to life inside of us, it, it remains dormant and powerless. People can quote John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. People know that verse. 
But something happens when the Holy Spirit illuminates that in your heart. And you're like, for God so loved me. And something, a dam breaks in your heart. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit brings God's word to life in the present. So this old book, these words that are written down thousands of years, have fresh life in this current moment. And, and the Spirit breathes life. So, as we're trying to distinguish the voices around us, we need to have a combination of the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit at work. And then everything else gets filtered through it. I know some people would say, you know, well, I live by my conscience. Conscience is a great thing. You know, conscience is, is like, I would call it, um, let me draw it over here. Conscience is like a, a, a smoke alarm, you know. A, a smoke alarm, you, you, you put it up on your roof, and we have one in our kitchen and, you know, it's there to alert us if there's a fire in the kitchen, but, you know, it always goes off when someone burns toast or, uh, you know, they, they burn some eggs or something like that. And it's going off and everyone's, you know, we pull it down, we yank out the batteries. But your conscience is exactly that. It's a smoke alarm. It just screams at you when you cross a line that you shouldn't cross. Here's the thing you have to understand, though. Your conscience is not infallible. Your conscience actually is trained and your conscience is, is uh, placed Okay, at a, at a particular place. And so we have to allow the scriptures and the Holy Spirit to inform our conscience. So our conscience will go off at the right time. And the scriptures tell us that you can have a hardened conscience. You can have a seared conscience. And, and, and so you can't just rely on your conscience. You have to allow the, the scriptures and the Holy Spirit to inform your conscience so it will alert you. You see what I'm saying? Uh, this is also true with our emotions. Emotions are helpful. They can be helpful or they can be hurtful. We have to allow the scriptures and the Holy Spirit, this filter, to inform how our emotions react. If we don't, our emotions will carry us in the wrong directions, and on and on we could go. So there's two things. We've got to recognize the voice of God through relationship, and the second thing is actually to, to cut out the noise. And so maybe I could just do it this way. I'll just take this little red marker and just say, we need to begin to eliminate some of the other voices. You know, as much as I know my wife's voice, could recognize it anywhere, if I'm in a room with a thousand people talking, singing, shouting, she could be talking to me, and I, and I would not be able to distinguish her voice because of the noise. And so, again, if you're serious about hearing the voice of God, are you opening up this book? Are you listening to the Holy Spirit? Are you willing to eliminate some of the other voices that are drowning out what God would be trying to say to you at this time? That's, that's a challenge. So, we spent all that time, and we're, we're literally on the first question. How do I hear the voice of God? So hopefully that's helpful to you as we think about it. Uh, we move on to the second area of how we discover calling, and it, it is this. How do I discover and develop my gifts, my talents, my abilities, my resources? Um, once again, back to Matthew 4, verse 20. Remember what Jesus said when he called the disciples. He said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Notice what Jesus did. He actually called them to use their gifts in a new way. He was actually calling them to use something they were already good at for a new purpose. And I believe that uh, God will use what he's already given you to do his work. God will always use what's in your hand. And we see this in the Bible. God says, Moses, use your staff. He says, says to his disciples, use that net, throw it overboard. And so he will always use what's in our hands um, to do his work. And so one of the things I challenged you last week was to do a ministry gift survey. And I'll throw a little ministry gift uh, survey up on the screen now, and you're going to see that. And this ministry gift survey, if you see it, it, you know, it shows some of my strengths and it shows some of my wife's strengths. And if you notice, um, my strengths are in like wisdom and leadership. 
And my wife has these great strengths in discernment and care and hospitality. And so we've got all these different skill sets. And so it's really helpful for you to know what's in your toolbox. And you can discover that through a ministry gift survey. You can discover that through a personality assessment, various kinds, Myers-Briggs, DISC profile, Enneagram, all of that stuff. Those are ways that you can learn how God has uniquely wired you. Um, And a couple of other things that you can do as you're trying to discern what your gifts are is you have to ask yourself, what are my strengths? When we're talking about strengths, we're talking about the things that God has uniquely uh, given you that you are good at, that you are naturally gifted and talented at. Now, that doesn't mean you don't develop those gifts, but they are strengths to you. And, uh, and for you to develop your strengths. Another way that you can discover uh, and develop your gifts is to ask the question, what is my passion? Or what are my passions? That's a great question. What are my passions? What are the things that I care about? What are the things that, that drive me to get up out of bed in the morning and to help others? And when you know what your strengths are and you know uh, what you're passionate about. And then the third thing is recognition. So all of a sudden, when you get people around you who recognize those gifts and those strengths and those passions in you, and they're affirming it. Now you've got this this intersection of these three things, and and that will often lead you to discover the very thing that God has called you to do. So when we talk about our gifts and we talk about our abilities, we're talking about what are your strengths, what are your passions, and and then what are other people seeing in you? We, We saw this last week in 1 Peter 4, verse 10. As each has received a gift, use it, and he's going to say to use it for two reasons, to serve one another, as good stewards of God's varied grace. And he gives some examples. Whoever speaks is one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who, by, who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And, and, and so what Peter is saying is he's saying that whatever you have been given, whatever your gifts are, here's what I want you to do. I want you to use them for the good of others and for the glory of God. Uh, One last thing I want to say about gifting before we move on. Um, Your gifts were never intended uh, to be used in isolation. And this is so important, that that your gifts actually complement and help others. And Paul talks about the church as community, as being the body of Christ. and, And each of us needs the other person, and we're interdependent. And so if you don't develop your gifts, and if you don't use and share your gifts, someone else is going to be lacking. And that goes for me, and that goes for you. Uh, when we don't exercise our gifts, when we don't use it, there is a lack in the church, in the community, in your family, in your workplace as well. So, we talked about gifting. Now let's move on to the third question. The third question is this, what assignment, what assignment has God given to me? This is the faithfulness principle that we talked about uh, last week. Okay? What assignment has God given to me? Um, wherever you find yourself, maybe you're a student. Uh, Maybe you have uh, a a job that's important to you. Maybe you have a job that you think is pretty meaningless. Uh, Maybe you're retired. Maybe you're an empty nester. I don't know what assignment, what position you find yourself in right now. But the question is, what assignment has God given me and how can I be faithful to him there? Okay? Colossians 3 verse 23. We looked at this last week. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive your inheritance as a reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, okay? And, uh, you know, so many people think to themselves, my assignment is so small. I have this small assignment 
and somebody else has a, a big assignment. And we look at their assignment, we go, my assignment's insignificant compared to their assignment. And we think to ourselves, well, you know, I guess, I guess it really doesn't matter what I do right now because it's such a small assignment anyways, right? And people often uh, begin to think this way. They begin to think, well, you know, one day when I have lots of money, I'll become a generous person. But right now, since I'm, it's so tight, I don't, I don't, that, that doesn't have to be for me right now. Or people might say, you know, uh, my job right now, I have a minimum wage job. I sweep floors. But when I'm the manager, you know, right now I can cut corners. I don't, have to, I don't have to pull that out and sweep behind there. You know, right now I can cut corners because it really doesn't matter. Nobody's going to care. But when I'm a manager, oh boy. Then when I'm a manager, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it 110%. I'm going to do it as under the Lord. No, you won't. You know, uh, someday I'm going to marry this amazing, godly person, but right now I'll just date whoever, right? Someday I'm going to be this, this stalwart Christian leader in the church, but right now I'll just watch whatever, listen to whatever, right? And so we, we think this is insignificant, and so we put off doing what we should do today because we don't think our call is important enough, it's not big enough. But in actual fact, what the, what the scriptures teach, what Jesus himself taught, Matthew 25, 21, here's what he says. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, small. And because you've been faithful with a few things, with the small things, I will put you in charge of many things. Okay, so what Jesus says is how you do the, what you perceive as a small assignment will actually lead to your promotion. It will lead you into your greater call, and it will lead you towards greater faithfulness to God. So this is actually really important so that how you do what you do matters so, so much. Uh, one of the things I heard Craig Rochelle say, I love this quote, he says, the size of your assignment never determines the significance of your impact. And when we can realize that, like whatever God's called me to do today, if I do it faithfully, there is a big impact. And whether I can see it or not, it's going to lead uh, to a better future for me and those around me. So I'm going to take very seriously and be very faithful with the small things God has put in front of me. Um, about a month ago, I was walking through the park, and I ran into uh, a member, uh, a person who attends our church, uh, who will remain unnamed. And I said to him, I, I said, hey, Paul, how's it going? And he caught that, eh? Yeah, so I, I ran into Paul in the park, and Paul was saying, um, he was just telling me, we were talking about COVID and all that kind of stuff. And he was just telling me how he goes for a walk every day and he gets into conversations with strangers and he'll sit, you know, six feet apart and he'll just ask them if he can pray for them and he'll tell them about Jesus. And so it's like, oh, this is, you know, COVID stinks, but that doesn't mean that my ministry has stopped. Like there, there's people, there's some, and so literally for, for him, it's a great example, a walk in the park is ministry. And so no matter if you're driving in the car with your kids going, oh, I got to get all this stuff done, there's an opportunity for ministry. Whether you're at work having a conversation with a coworker, whether you're with friends on social media, that could actually turn into a ministry moment. If you'll take this seriously, God will lead you towards this. Okay, so here's the last one. Um, we talked about assignment, and now uh, our final one is affirmation of others. And we're asking the question, do I have the right voices in my life? There's a quote I've heard over and over again, and I, I tried to find the original author of this quote, but I couldn't. Um, and the quote is this, show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. And, and we all know that, you know, if, if, this, is, if this is you, right, you're going uh, to have some friends. I'll do some, we'll do some blue friends. You got some, some blue friends around you. And then maybe um, those would be good friends, and, and then maybe you've got, <laughs> you got some bad friends. We'll do them in red. 
you know, put some horns on them. I don't know. Uh, we got the red guys here. So you show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Uh, we, we often fail to realize the significance of the impact of the people around us, the voices. We talked earlier about hearing the voice of God. Sometimes we can't hear the voice of God because all we can hear is the voice of our friends and the culture. But if you put the right voices in your life, if you establish those relationships and friendships in a good way, if you have Christian community, if you have family, if you have people that love you and support you and speak life into you, um, then uh, you will have um, the right voices in your life. Um, Proverbs 12 verse uh, 15 says this, it says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. You know, um, it's one thing to have the right voices, but you also have to choose to listen. You have to have the humility to listen. And, and so one of the things we have to do is put in place the right voices in our life. If you're serious about discovering what the call of God is for you, you need to have the right voices. Maybe it's a mentor, maybe it's friends, uh, maybe it's family. And there are really sort of three, I, I, I think of it this way, the three kinds of friends, and you need to sort of distinguish um, what kinds they are. So we're going to say three kinds of friends, right? There are those who are against what you are against, okay? So there'll be people in your life that show up and support you because they're against something and you're against something and you kind of go, hey, we're on the same team. This feels like friendship. There are also people that are for which you are for, okay, which means that those people come alongside and they're like, they're like, you guys both want the same thing. And so you go, hey, these are good friends and you kind of move in that direction. But ultimately, there's a kind of friend that is for you. And that's very different because people that are for you will speak the truth to you, even if you don't like it, even if you're going to throw a hissy fit and tell them you don't want to be their friend anymore. They're going to keep showing up. They're going to keep reaching out. Why? Because they're committed to you. They're not committed to what you're doing. Right? They're not joining in you, with you against something. They're actually for you. And I would say every one of us needs to have some godly people in our lives that are for us, that care for our souls, that can speak up. And, and when you have that kind of person and those type of people in your life, those voices, I guarantee, will help lead you towards the call of God in your life. Um, you know, uh, when it comes to social media, I don't know whether you know this or not, but uh, social media is run on algorithms, okay? These is computer software that decides what to put on your feed, decides what to throw in front of you, and what these algorithms do is they actually, um, they choose content that is affirming. So if you like something, content like that will show up. So what happens over time is as the software, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, any of those things, it sees what you're doing, it sees the kind of content that you're looking at, and then it begins to show you more of what you like, more of what you agree with. And what that means is that over time, people with different views all start to become isolated with their own information. So you're hearing only stuff that you agree with. They're not putting critics in front of you. They're not putting stuff that's going to... It's like they're putting stuff that just affirms if you're heading in the wrong direction, they'll just keep affirming it. So we need to be super, super careful. We need to have the right voices. Okay, so... Here's where I want to close. Practically speaking, you know, I've given you four big buckets, talked about a lot of stuff. How do we take a step? Because if you're like me, as I think about those four areas, I go, man, I got to fix this. I got to change that. I got I got some work to do on, on the affirmation and friends and what voices. Oh, man, this is a lot of content, Nathan. And I think about it, a little bit overwhelmed. So I just want to talk about how to take a step. 
And sometimes uh, we're tempted to try to revamp our whole lives, you know, figure out our call this week. Uh, but what I want to encourage you to do is, is take uh, one step. You know, as I said, let me use the, the friend example just because we just talked about it. If you got, you know, a bunch of friends here, got a couple, uh, let's say you got three friends that, you know, their voices are just not that encouraging and they're not that helpful. And then maybe you've got, you know, one or two voices that you would say are actually helping you move in the right direction. You go, what do I do? Do I eliminate all these friends and make major changes to my social circles? And uh, what I would encourage you to do is simply take a single step. And maybe a single step looks like saying, you know what? Um, the worst friend, the worst voice in my life, I'm going to strategically move away from that voice and I'm going to replace it with another godly voice that's going to help me. And this is a small and singular step that you can take that will actually pay dividends in the long run. And then, of course, over time, you can continue that process. But it's manageable. It's bite-sized. It's a single step that you can take. Um, this is the same thing when it comes to um, the voices that we hear. You know, we talked earlier about these these voices. This is this is an ear, in case you're wondering. Some hair, an eyeball. Okay. So the voices that you're hearing, you have all these voices coming into your ear. Uh, again, you can say, well, I'm going to shut down all my social media. I'm never going to watch TV again. I'm only going to read the Bible. And that's probably a bit ridiculous and a little hard to manage. Uh, so maybe what you need to do is say, hey, you know what? I'm going to limit uh, you know, how many times I watch the 6 o'clock news. Or I'm going to limit my app use you know, to maybe half or make some adjustment. And I'm going to begin reading my Bible each day and spending 10 minutes talking to God. And it's a little shift over time, a single step in that area that will have the largest impact uh, going forward. You know, maybe uh, if we're talking about your gifting, you're talking about that thing um, that you you feel God has called you to develop and do. Maybe it's discovering and beginning to take a small step in that area, to take a small step towards what is God God is calling you to. So again, my invitation for you today is to take a step. And I don't know where you're at. Some of you, like that little baby I described at the beginning, toddling around trying to just take that first step. And the first step is always to follow Jesus, to hear his call and say, I'm moving in your direction. I'm going to take the smallest step, but I'm taking a step in your direction. Some of you have been you know, following Jesus for decades, and you've developed in these different areas that we've been talking about, right? You've, you've already done um, some development in these different areas. And for you, it's, you know, you've made a lot of progress. And, and maybe you're some, maybe you've narrowed your call into this area here, but the work isn't done. We're called to continue to work in all these areas, to continue to have voices in our life that steer us to God, to, to develop our gifts and abilities in a way that serves others and glorifies God, um, to be faithful wherever God has placed us, and he'll promote us in the right direction, and of course, to continue to hear and listen to his voice. So today what I want to do as we close our service is I want to, again, just pray for us, those listening, and I want us to do, um, to ask this one question. What small step would you have me take? And I'm literally going to just leave, leave 20 seconds of silence here. And I want you to, because maybe you got a gut feeling, oh, there's something, man, he was talking about something and it just kind of like, and that's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will be like, yeah, that. He'll put his finger on something in you. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's something you're doing, a corner you're cutting. Maybe it's something relationally. But he's going to put his finger on something. And I'm asking you to take a step. And so 
Let's just take a second and listen to his voice. Let's practice what we've been talking about. Let's just listen. Well, I don't know what God is showing you by His Spirit, but I know He's showing you something. And I just want to encourage you this week to take a single step in that direction. And if you're not sure how to take a step, you can send me an email, you can talk to a friend, some, a trusted advisor, a family member. Someone will be able to help you as you take a step. But man, if you're committed to taking a step towards Christ, you will never be disappointed. He is always uh, willing and able to receive us and help us along this journey that he's called us to. So with that, let me pray, and we'll close our time. Heavenly Father, thank you for everyone listening uh, to this message today as we conclude this series on calling. Lord, I pray that we would all remember that your call on our lives is first and foremost a call to relationship with you. That, um, that if we're pursuing you, listening to your voice, um, being faithful with the things that you've given us to do, using the gifts, listening to the right voices around us, that, Lord, you will ultimately direct us exactly where you need us to be, and you'll develop us into exactly who you want us to be. And so, Father, I pray that for every person listening, you would continue that work and be faithful to complete it in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. See you next week.